0: Well, let me welcome back Kevin Luco and, and Kevin, before we jump up to the big club, let, let's just throw a little teaser out here to start and say, much nicer weekend for the Iowa Heartlanders this past weekend.
1: No doubt about it. What a sigh of relief for that franchise. Absolutely. Some big victories for they
0: had, a, you know, overtime, thrillers that they had here against Cincinnati, 2-4-3 uh, victories, and we'll come back and talk about these in a minute, but... Uh, We wanted to kind of set the tone that uh, it was a a little bit better after getting off to a tough week to start out with, with losses at Kalamazoo and Indy that they were able to come back and win two games on home ice. So congratulations to them. But we'll come back to talk about those in a minute. Let's first of all start back up here at the big club, Kevin, this week. And we begin with the Minnesota Wild Thanksgiving week. Uh, So all at home, starting out with Wednesday against Winnipeg, then welcoming Toronto on Friday, and then, taking on Arizona on Sunday. Your overall thoughts on the Wilds' performance this week?
1: Although the results were not quite as what Minnesota expected, going 2-1, and one, I just feel like they put a really good game out there on Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday, and it's an encouraging sign um, going forward. Well,
0: 13 goals scored in those three games. We were talking last week about goal scoring becoming a problem and the team maybe being a little more defensive in their structure, but they look like they, at least for a week, got got some great production out of their lines.
1: And it was goals. It wasn't, you know, anything flashy. It wasn't a ton of breakaways. It was goals where they, they had to work for it. They had to get in the spots down low and and not be afraid to take a hit to, to get an opportunity to get a goal in front of the net. And I think that has to be the identity of this team going forward. It's not going to be a be a real flashy team like we kind of saw last year when Hartman, Zuccarello, and Caprissoff were just absolutely dynamite. But you know, obviously they're still around and doing their thing. But it's they're going to need the other lines to chip in, and the other lines are going to have to. Do that because I think more so you are seeing more guys keying in on Kaprizov. He's still getting his points, but you can just tell there's a big defensive focus on Kaprizov, and that's where he needs the other four guys on the ice to also produce.
0: Well, let's begin on Wednesday night, Kevin, and and let's start with this. If, if, If you're a minor league hockey fan, what your hope is that the guys that you're watching, you're saying, hey, that's that's a future major league baseball player, that's a few NHL future NHL star. Well, three of those six goals on Wednesday night came from guys who were playing at least somewhat last season for the Iowa Wild. So gotta feel pretty happy if you were an Iowa Wild fan to see three guys come up with the goals for the team.
1: You know it's interesting. I was I think about this when I see, you know, a kind of doer of Mason Shaw out there, and I'm thinking, well, this isn't fair. We've got um, guys that are minor leaguers playing as fourth-line guys against guys that are more experienced, and then I'm thinking, well, you know what? This is how they're going to get more experience, and they're obviously they're up and playing because they're capable of playing against these guys, so I guess on a personal front, I got to get past that stigma of thinking these guys as minor leaguers up playing NHL. there's I got to think of more of my leaguers have earned a spot playing in the NHL.
0: Well, you talked last week about Mason Shaw looking like he's going to be with the team for the rest of the season. The, his play is definitely
1: earning him a spot with the club for sure. He's com- become a very popular player with his teammates and with the fans, too, just so a very hard-nosed player, and in spite of all the setbacks he's had on the injury front, it doesn't seem to affect his game. You know, he's the kind of guy that will that will answer a hit by an opposing player. He's the kind of guy that will stand up for a teammate that's been a victim of a cheap hit. So, you know, stuff like that's going to always keep you pretty popular in the locker room, and I think we're hopefully going to see Mason Shaw be a regular part of this lineup for several years. Now, Winnipeg
0: has been a team that, uh, that, first of all, this year they're in second place in the Central Division. They've been a team that's been kind of a thorn in the side of the Wild over the previous years. Did you see this as just kind of another game, or did this have a little bit more meaning for the club to beat a Winnipeg Jets team before Thanksgiving?
1: I think it's always key when you're playing games within your own division that you have to make a statement and say, you know, what we're we're a team you're going to have to contend with, and. Boy, if I was Winnipeg, I would uh, press the NHL pretty hard to not put put a visit to St. Paul on their schedule anywhere around Thanksgiving next season. Last year on Black Friday, the Wild destroyed them. I believe it was like seven to one, and now they came back and paced them really good on the, the night before Thanksgiving this season. Definitely not the time to be in town for sure.
0: On Friday night, uh, the team takes on Toronto. The Maple Leafs uh, erase a 2-1 to deficit with... Or excuse me, a 3-2 deficit, excuse me, with two goals uh, and then wind up coming away with a 4-3 victory. Um, solid performance by the team, as, as you mentioned, but Toronto just was a better team this night.
1: Apparently, they, uh, they can't keep the goalposts on very good in Minnesota. And, and it's weird because it's only... The goal goalposts come off really easy if the opposing team's goalie is in the net. And it always seems like it only comes off whenever the Wild are, are controlling play in the opposing team's end. It's just the damnedest thing I've ever seen. Um, Matt Murray became public enemy number one in Minnesota with that on Friday afternoon because three times he... He caused a stoppage of play while the wild were buzzing the net by <clears throat> accidentally knocking the goal off the off the pegs. And I got a feeling that apparently it has caught the eye of the NHL and that it will be discussed in orders meeting that that issuing a delayed game penalty will become more of a focus if goalies are continually blatantly knocking the goal off to get a stoppage in play are, are, are you
0: seeing that this is a common theme throughout the nhl or, or was this sort of an anomaly on
1: black friday um matt murray you know michael russo that covers the wild like a sheet he, he commented that murray Two days before that was doing the same exact thing in a Toronto victory or yeah a Toronto victory over New Jersey, so it might be more of a Matt Murray issue than a league-wide issue, but it's definitely something I think that needs to be addressed.
0: Mark Andre Fleury returns after a brief stint on the disabled list. Uh, stops twenty-four of twenty-eight shots. How did you feel he performed in that contest?
1: I believe he did well. I know the the first goal he would or I think it was, like, the second goal. I think he'd like... Well, I know he would definitely like to have that one back. That was a bit of a stinker, but I believe all in all, after having more than a week's worth of rest, that um, Fleury played well. I mean, Toronto's got some snipers on the team, and he made a good... I think even maybe the first goal was a bit greasy, a shot from the point that he may have been screened on, but should have had enough time to adjust to make the save, but Oh, no, I, I didn't see any real problems with this game other than, like I said, the, the second goal, that was a squeaker.
0: On Sunday, the team jumps out to a 4-1 to lead before holding on to defeat Arizona 4-3. Um, to the, the Coyotes made this an exciting contest, but for about 54 minutes, it looked like Minnesota was in complete command of this game.
1: I thought it was a solid effort for the most part for Minnesota. And it was a bit of a battle in the second period because Minnesota was only skating 11 forwards and seven defensemen. Well, Marcus Felino got into with Shane O'Brien of the coyotes. O- O'Brien shoved Felino. Felino returned the shove started a f- and that resulted in a fight and somehow Felino gets an extra penalty out of that, and in the midst of protesting it, got an extra 10 minute misconduct, which put him out for most of the second period. So the Wild were a little tired by the end of the period when they were basically only skating with 10 forwards for most of that stanza, but Felino came back in the third period, and it seemed like, you know, and we. Got to talk about the acquisition of the Wild made, um, uh, obtained Ryan Reeves from the New York Rangers for a fifth-round pick during the week. And you saw late in the game, the line that was out there defending that when it became a 4-3 lead was uh, Joe Erickson, Marcus Foligno, and Ryan Reeves' line. So I think that says a lot for the confidence the Wild already have in Ryan Reeves that they had him on the ice protecting a one-goal lead.
0: Matt Boldy scores his ninth goal of the season, a power play goal. Three straight games with goals for Boldy during the week. Um, you know, they were very high on him last season. He got to spend some time over the big club. It looks like he he's going to be a premier player for them over the next few
1: years. He has struggled for a bit. I believe he had a, either eight games scored the streak or one goal in eight games. But it was a very good week for Boldy. And Boy, the... The power play goal he scored on Sunday to that ended up being the game winner. It was just a perfect feed. Uh, Kaprizov was um, at the point. just made a cross-ice pass to Bodie, and Bodie just buried the one-timer past the goalie to make it a 4-1 lead at the time.
0: Minnesota finishes over begins this week at 10-9-2, uh, 22 points, currently tied with St. Louis for fourth place in this division. Um, as they come into this week, Kevin, we're talking about, uh, I got to switch here to the December. There we go. So take on Edmonton at home on Thursday, then Saturday against Anaheim travel on Sunday to take on Dallas for back-to-back nights, final two games that they have here at home. What, 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 kind of week do we need out of this club?
1: I think they need to get, uh, at least defend the whole ice. with, with, uh, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl's show coming into town, that's going to be a tough task on Thursday night. But it just seems like the Wild have Edmonton's number regardless of who's um, on the other team. So the Wild will be well-rested, hopefully not too rested, but they will have, they have obviously, late afternoon Sunday off, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then back at it on Thursday. Then a matinee against uh, struggling Anaheim team, so it would be nice to get those two wins and come out of this um, homestand with, like, a, I believe it would be a 5-2 and two record before. Then the Dallas, I mean, boy, that's, the Stars are playing awfully good hockey right now, so that will be a test for this club, too. Yeah, Dallas,
0: 12-6-4 this season, 28 points, uh, 6-2-2 at home, so... Uh, definitely a team that knows how to get some points on their own home ice. Well, let's jump down to the AHL and uh, a brutal week for those Iowa Wilders. They dropped both games in Colorado. Um, I mean, I, I think both of us were realistic about the fact that the Eagles are very good at home, very good team in general, and uh, Iowa just had
1: no answers for their goaltending. No, they didn't, and... You know, the game Saturday, I believe, uh, will end up being a tight one, but Colorado had pulled away a bit on Friday, and then with the quick turnaround with it being an afternoon game after a night game, the Wild hung up, hung with them, but um, Colorado just got to have one extra goal. So it was a tough start to the West Coast road trip for the Wild, but there will be a reinforcement coming in, Fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, as Marco Rossi has been sent down to Iowa from Minnesota to more so get some games in and then get his confidence built back up, playing so that he can get back to the NHL and make an impact like they were expecting. But after sitting out four games with the parent club, that just doesn't do much for your development. So he'll be back with the. Uh, wild to wrap up the road trip and it will definitely be a boost to that lineup.
0: Friday night's game was a quite a contest is what we'll call it there with several roughing calls, uh, in the second and third period, Joseph Cramarosa took 14 minutes and penalties. That was not, uh, fighting majors or, or anything like that. Uh, it was, uh, he did get a game misconduct, um, for continuing an altercation in it, but uh, he was involved in a lot of uh, a lot of action during this this game with two roughing penalties, um, very tense contest out there and I thought that carried into Saturday's contest, but in a good way I think I think both teams realized, hey look we need to settle in here and play play hockey and, and battle for everything out here And I thought because of that that the effort by the wild was significantly better than what we saw on Friday.
1: Yeah, I think that says a lot about the character of the team. Too, Tim Army will not let his team just meal it in. You're going to see a wild team that has a lot of perseverance to it, and and they put out a pretty good game against a very talented uh, Colorado club.
0: Were you a little surprised uh Joshua Walstead came up and gave up five goals on Friday they came back to him on Saturday a little surprised that Hunter Jones didn't get the call on Saturday?
1: Not really I think the I think Wallstead needs to get the repetitions in and face some shots and and um, learn how to bounce back from a starting a team he may have given up um, more goals than he's used to. It's hard without seeing the game, you know, to find out how good the goals were that he gave up. I didn't get a chance to watch a game Friday night because I was at a college hockey game up in St. Paul, so I did not see the game on Friday and did not get to see the game Saturday, so not sure what to – I know the numbers say one thing, but it's hard to tell, you know, what kind of goals he gave up. You know what? Be nice, uh, and I don't know how you would be able to compute a statistic like this, but they should have some way to say, you know, how many goals were considered, quote, quality goals. I'm sure there's maybe some sort of uh, sabermetric thing where maybe they could figure that out, but it would be an interesting statistic to see, you know, all the goals a goalie gives up, how many were just impossible.
0: For this week, the team has what what could be a a brutal week. Uh, so travel out to San Jose for games on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, the Barracuda are are no joke this season. The San Jose organization, I, I think, has done a great job of, of improving themselves. But Barracuda ten seven and one right now. Uh, enter at six and four over their last ten games of this contest. So two games out there. Then come home to take on Chicago, who's off the, you know very tough start at five nine and two. But uh, you know Chicago. Look, I would think we're looking for a little revenge after how disappointed they played at
1: home against the Wild. So it could be a very tough four games for the Wild this week. It could be, and you, you got that added caveat of coming back after a multi-game road trip, and it seems like oftentimes when teams come back from the academy trip, the first game can be a bit of a clunker as a teams just aren't ready mentally focused going into the game after trying to, catch up on things at home after coming back from the West Coast. Well, let's jump down to the ECHL now. and uh, uh, pro- The
0: best week we've seen this season for the Iowa Heartlanders, they come away with five of potentially eight points this week. Unfortunately, it gets off to a bad start. They, they get an overtime loss, but you have a 2 nothing lead heading into the third period against Kalamazoo. They battle back to tie the score, um, including scoring the, the game-tying goal with 20 seconds left in the contest then you lose in overtime. And, and you know, I, I thought that could have been another like, man, this team just cannot hold anything. I can't imagine what the, it was in this locker room after that game was over. But despite a, a tough outing on Friday, I, I thought this club really rebounded and, and was like, look, we got to come out here and give a better effort. And I, I, I'm glad to see that did not let that contest carry over several games going
1: forward. It's such a tough – you know, we talked about last week uh, four games in five days with Thanksgiving being your only day off. That was a tough stretch for this club, and it was so crucial, I think, for them to come out on home ice and get a victory for the hometown fans on Saturday night with, I believe, 1,900 were in attendance that night. And maybe that will be the start of something good that will – get some interest in this club wrapped up and get some people out to the Heartlanders games.
0: Trevin Koslowski looked very good in Wednesday night's competition. Uh, saw 36 of 39 shots. Technically took the loss, the overtime loss, but played very well in that game. Saturday's or excuse me, Friday's contest against Indy uh, was a tough battle. It was tied at two, no scoring in the first period. Each team came up with two goals. Uh, the Uh, I thought one of the pivotal points of this contest, again, showing a lot of heart for this club, is that they give up a shorthanded goal, then come back on that same power play still and score 27 seconds later. And, you you know, Kevin, as you look at a team trying to turn things around, uh, even when you lose in a game, uh, you know, I I look back on things like that and think, man, you gave up a shorthanded goal. But But you didn't let that tear you down. You went out and still made your power play work for you. I, th- I think that those are important moments in a season for a club trying to get things going in the right way,
1: and that's where you got to find you got to find those sort of positives and build on them, and just try to get the edge of it. Hey, you know what? We're not a we're not a bad hockey club. We didn't we didn't forget how to play hockey all of a sudden. And granted, it was a loss, an overtime loss, but it was a I know it was a regulation loss on Friday correct? Yeah, so they,
0: they lost 5-2. to two. They gave up two late insurance empty net goals. So they kept it close. Yeah. I mean, they, they went out and battled hard in this contest. Sure. And I, again, I, I thought it was a great effort by them. Um, so Kozlowski, back in net, stops 22 of 25 shots, two empty net goals against him. So played very well in the pipes for the team. Then we get to Saturday, Kevin. So uh, Cincinnati scores single goals in each of these periods, but um, Heartlanders show a lot of moxie, come back and tie this game up uh, when Cole Stallard scores 14 4 in the third period, then the big goal by Brendan Robbins, an overtime winner and, and for a team really looking for something, man, I, 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 watching this club after that goal was scored, I, I, you'd have thought they won the Stanley Cup at that point.
1: Well, yeah, I guess you take your victories where you can, and when there hasn't been many, this year, I suppose you celebrate it a little harder, and I just thought that was – it's good to see their effort get rewarded like that. And, you know, I mean, you know me, Rob. I'm always about the business part of minor league sports as much as I am the actual game on the ice itself. And I just thought winning an overtime thriller on home ice on a Saturday night was just a tonic that some club needed. The Andros will get on Sunday, and, you know – I'll say it, it doesn't matter what market you're in. On um, Sunday afternoons in the fall, you're going to have a hard time getting people to leave their football games on TV to come out and watch a minor league hockey game. So that's a tough draw. But I'm encouraged by the 1900 that came out and they saw a good game, and hopefully that will be something they can build upon. Uh Corbin Kaspersky stops 28 of 31 shots
0: in that game, played very well in that. I thought they got great goaltending all week long, as a matter of fact, so three goals in each of those contests that their goaltenders gave up, so very good performance out of in the net. Uh, Cole Stallard, his, his t- game-time goal was his sixth of the season. On Sunday, another huge 4-3 to overtime winner, back-to-back overtime victories. This is a kick-for-tat kind of game. Uh, the Heartlanders scored first in each of the first, and second periods. Cincinnati took the lead 248 in the third, but uh, Griff Jessica uh, gets the tie and goal 709 into the third, and then they get the game winner on a uh, Matt Murphy steal and a great individual play to create the goal that gives the team the 4-3 victory. And, Kevin, as you, as you look forward to this week now, so um, they come out of a 2-2 a, a two and two week. Uh, you earn five points out of that. Now you... Uh, Travel on with the huge road trip. First, heading out to Trois-Rivières to take on the. I think they still think they call that Lions in French. Maybe not, but uh, the big two-game series up there Friday and Saturday, and then a uh, three games and four night uh, playing Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday in Newfoundland, which is a brutal place to play hockey for opponents. Ben, um, you got to feel. I can't imagine what this team would be like if they would have lost all those games. So they got to feel pretty good about heading to Canada on a, a little bit of a hot streak
1: here. Definitely, and I hope they... You know, I suppose when you're a professional hockey player, you've played everywhere there is to play, but I just hope this team doesn't look at this trip as like a like a, in a tourist view. I hope that they being on this trip is uh, just something that's going to bond the team and get them more focused than ever on trying to go out and win hockey games as opposed to just, like, cool, this is somewhere new where we get to play. So hopefully that's going to be what the focus of the team will be, and they'll go out and put some good games out and bring home some wins. Uh,
0: You know, that's a good point, Kevin, because sometimes you get – I think even players get caught up in, hey, check this out. This is kind of a cool place to go play and, and uh what a great city we're in or something and, and you want them to be focused on hockey and I think that coming away with two victories to head up here um in in a place where you know it's not easier to play in either one of these arenas. These are two very good teams. Traveras is seven, eight and one, battling for fourth place in the uh, North Division and the Newfoundland Growlans, Growlers, thirteen, three, and one early on here. Two points out of of Worcester, which I still don't know how that spelling works out to Worcester, but okay. But uh, they're they're very tough at home, and, and from what I'm hearing, that is a very tough place to play because the atmosphere and the fans get really involved in that. So um, you have a tough stretch ahead of you, but you know this team's showing some resilience and and getting great goaltending now, and maybe that's a big difference for them.
1: Uh yeah, that would be a start, and I think eventually you're going to have Hunter Jones back in the mix. I thought he would be back with Iowa for the weekend, but Gustafson uh, uh, with um, Minnesota suffered a minor injury, which resulted in Zane McIntyre staying up with the big club, and Jones remained with uh, Iowa Wild. So it was Kuspersky and and um. Kozlowski carrying the load again over the weekend. So we'll see what happens if um, Gustafson is doing better. I think then you see the shakeup and Hunter Jones will be back with the Heartlanders to go out on the road trip. By
0: mentioning Gustafson here now, we've seen a lot of transactions at the goalie levels, goalie position, I should say, for, these three teams and and, I, and I'm wondering because Flurry's had a, a little bit of a history with some problems with injuries and now you got Gustafson shaking off a little injury here early on in the season. Are, are we going to see a lot of musical chairs in the goaling position here for the, for, in the Minnesota wild organization for the season or does this kind of settle down in January, February?
1: Well, you know how it's tough to predict these guys health, but I think that just emphasizes the importance of having a guy like uh, Zane McIntyre, who's had ex- some experience in the NHL, and it's a guy that Minnesota basically has entrusted to be their, per se, number three guy. And then you also have Jasper yes, Walstead, who I believe they want to keep at Iowa to get as much pro experience as he can and not expose him to the NHL any, until you they feel like he's completely ready to make the move. So it's so very you know, it's just uh just the nature of hockey, and you know, who who are you and I to be able to predict what a goaltender's health is going to be like during the season? Very true. If I could do that,
0: I'd be making a lot of money somewhere—that's for sure. Well, Kevin, how about our uh, Minnesota Wild moment for the week? What 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 should be uh, what should we talk about this week for the club?
1: Oh uh, I think the thing I would want to focus on is what the direction of this club is going to be because let's say frankly right now it's not an uber-talented club, and is it a team that feels like they can go out and make a trade to bring in a forward that can make an impact in the top two lines? can they find a guy out there that can be a legit um, top-two line centerman? Obviously, they're not feeling all too great about Mark, Marco Rossi at this stage of his career. So it's, there's talk that Bill Guerin is looking for guys. I just don't know what kind of assets he's willing to part with, if it would be guys on the current Minnesota roster, or are we looking at a... A decor in Iowa that's pretty deep with prospects because we see one of them getting moved for a guy that can be an impact guy for Minnesota right away. You know, we can bemoan this whole situation with the salary cap, and these are going to be, per se, years we're just going to have to trudge through with Minnesota, but I just don't see Bill Guerin as the kind of manager that's just going to settle for having social teams for these years until they can get off from underneath the Suter and Parisi contracts. So, you know, they say that um, sometimes the uh, teams that don't play so well are still the most interesting to watch, and it's because of these all these little subplots. So it'll be interesting to see what the direction of this organization is as the year goes on.
0: And I think if you're an Iowa Wild fan, you're going to get to see an opportunity for a lot of guys getting a chance of playing their first NHL game this season. So, um, you know, a lot of hockey here left to play with just barely about to reach December. And I'm going to give you one other question before we head out here today, Kevin. So interesting streaks to this month for the team. So uh, they finish up this homestand with games on Thursday and Saturday, then go on the road for four then come home for four, then go back out on the road for three. Good for the team to have those kind of stretches like that? Or would do you think that this is the kind of thing that, you know, four games and seven nights out on the road is is might just be a little bit too much for this team?
1: I don't think so. I wouldn't fear that as much as I don't like the elongated home stands like they've had. I just feel like you get a little too complacent and – you just don't have the the energy as you would when you're just coming back for one or two games and then getting back in the road right away. You just you get too much into a routine, I think, when you have that this many home games in a row. And if you're not playing your best hockey, you, you hate to have like a seven-game homestand and go three and four on it because obviously you only get forty one home games a year and you got to make them count. So I don't mind the. Four in the road and four at home. That seems to be about ideal, and it's and you know it also it limits um, travel to where I believe the games coming up. They go to Dallas and then they head out west. Where you don't like to see them zigzagging all winter, only going out west and playing one or two games, coming back and then having to go back out again. So I don't mind it. Fantastic, Kevin Local.
0: Thanks for joining me this week. My pleasure, Rob.